0: have anything to add or take away from the rundown, guys. I'm ready. Just let it flow. Jania, you got the will. You us do what
1: it? Do to me. This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness
2: Studios. It's a way of life. I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbin III. I'm taking it to the house.
1: And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover
0: and I wanna welcome you to another edition of Taking It to the House.
1: I'm Dr. Jania Hoover, and I'm also Taking It to the House. And what I'd like to talk about first is just how good it feels to be in this position a year after um, no sports. Now we have all of the sports. I've been watching Olympic trials in track and in swimming, we've got basketball um who would have thought i never would have picked these last four teams to be in it but we're here and i'm excited victor what's on your mind and then there are four uh to your point
2: jania it's amazing how a year has spent it's amazing how this basketball season has gone by and now we have four teams four teams no one would have thought And every day I've watched these playoffs over the last two weeks. I said, man, if I was really a betting man, would I, how much money would I have made? So it it definitely has my interest peaked in the world of gambling, if I can say that. But that's what I'm thinking about.
0: I have no opening burn. Let's get at it. Let's
1: go Jania, Vic, let's do it. Let's go. I love it. Well, as we're filming, we have game one of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks, which no secret, they are my number two distant second team. Of course, my first team has been out of this thing. So there is a small part of me that is excited whenever the Hawks win, as long as it isn't against the Lakers. And to have a team that um, is where I lived for much of my adult life, still in it i'm excited about that but we're here now what are what are the thoughts how are you feeling is this the end of the road for the hawks are they playing with house money um what are your thoughts
0: well let's talk about how they got here beating the knicks and then their last series like a 76 years going seven games and beating them on the road my co-host, Dr. Herbin said, Trey Young is that villain. He doesn't mind wearing the black hat. He doesn't mind being hated. He went to Philadelphia and he took your heart out. He took your heart out as you were living and made you look at it. And then he he ate it. (laughs) Trey Young is a bad man. And everybody follows his lead. And so Trey Young goes to Philadelphia He's the band leader. He's the, he's the Pied Piper. Everybody follows his lead. How he went up there at game seven, apparently with, with ice in his vein, what they call him, Ice Tray. but he was just so cool, calm, and he just did what he had to do. His game is the pick and roll, high pick and roll with Clint Capella. And Embiid couldn't stop it. They, they can't stop it. He, they don't know if he's going to throw the lob or he's going to do the floater. And he's efficient, efficient at both or either. So I love what he does. I even like that better than I like his outside game. And he's very proficient as well from the three-pointer. So there's really no – he steps off the bus and he's in range. He's that good. But that's what makes him so deadly with this drive because you don't know when he's going to pull up. So you really don't know how to defend him. So he's like in baseball the five-tool player. So the Hawks, you asked, is this it? Well, we thought it was it last series. Here they are. Okay. Are they playing with house money? Who cares? They're playing with your money, my money, anybody's money, but they're here. There's 20 plus teams that would love to be where they're at. They just wanted a chance. They just wanted an opportunity, and they're here. And this is game one tonight against the Bucks. They're on the road again, but I, I believe they are capable and they have the tools to beat the Bucks. We were talking in the green room earlier. This may be the Bucks' opportunity. This is their best chance. I don't know. You still got to play the game. And the past history, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in and they're still prone to to fall back into old habits so let's see how it plays out vic
2: what's up sir i'm with you house money possibly they entered the playoffs with house money every time they continue to win, just like if you're playing roulette, playing blackjack, every time you win, your confidence shoots up a little notch. You put more money to the center. Eventually, instead of me playing with the $1 chip, the $5 chip, I'm going to play with this $25 chip because I'm feeling it like that. And then you take their heart. So I think they started out with house money. Now they're saying, I belong here. And I'm going to take your money honest. And so because of what they've been able to do the last two series, I'm interested in a great series. What they did to 76ers to the point, this is what happens. This is when I know you're a killer. This is when I know that you are deadly. You are you are unimaginable, this cutthroat. When you take out a team so bad, you got their management questioning the composition of that team. Golden State Warriors did that the Houston Rockets a couple years ago just shattered them because, again, Houston Rockets were making it year after year, but they could not get past Golden State. They made Houston Rockets – reformat their, their their roster to try to deal with Golden State to the point where they had to implode. That's what the Hawks just did to the 76ers. They beat them so bad where if you look at the last three games of that series, they got so deep in Ben Simmons' head, he started paying rent. So when you get to a point where now the series ends and now they have to sit there saying, we don't need this guy, what are we going to do? Is Doc Rivers who he's supposed to be?" That means you are so ingrained that you feel that I belong here. So there's a two teams' heart. The New York Knicks is new; they were the up and coming Knicks of the 1990s. Shattered them, took away 76ers, 76ers back in the lab, thinking about how did they reconstitute. And now you're here against the Milwaukee Bucks team, who was just a KD three pointer away from watching this on TV. So I'm still trying to find out who the Bucks are. I know who the Hawks are. I'm interested to see who the Bucks are. They've been tested, but at some level, they kind of they kind of got over. They got over one because the Nets were not a fully constituted. But Atlanta Hawks are hungry, so no more house money. They feel like they belong here. They'll take the L today because they had a really grueling series. If that's what happens, but again, Giannis has yet to show us what he can do. Coach Budenhauser is still coaching for next year for his team. So I'm interested in watching this series play out. I'm wondering what team learned enough in their last series. But right now, to answer your question, Sis, not nah, the Hawks are not playing with house money. They're full of confidence. They belong here. They feel they belong here. And they're a team, as it stands right now, that are forced to be reckoned with as the years come. I
0: got a question for this panel. Because you mentioned Ben Simmons and you mentioned the 76ers. There's been a lot of talk about should they trade him? They keep him. I want to know the two of y'all, and Janina, still, I would love your thoughts too on the Hawks and their, this series. But uh, as an open question too about Ben Simmons and his status, what would you do? Your GM, your coach, what do you do as a fan? I, I, I pose that to both of you.
1: I'll refer to you, man. Jr. Yeah, here's the thing. We have created a society where we're holding people to, to just these almost unrealistic standards. And I hate saying it that way because the, these are professional athletes. But when you think about it, Ben Simmons is still young in the league. And the idea that we are looking at this situation and he didn't look good but the idea that he could go from being this highly touted as a player to now people are ready to throw him out with the bathwater. It is um it, it kind of shows how not just in basketball but in society in general we are very much you know you have to win now and that's it. We don't have time for you to grow. We don't have time for you to to get better. And it's unfortunate I laughed at the tweets I laughed at the memes and all the jokes, but when it's all said and done, I don't think that this is his ceiling. I think that there's a lot still there. I mean, we're, we're not talking about a 36, a 37 year old on the tail end. We really don't know what he's capable of, but we've created this society where we're expecting these kids to just come in and, and, and win everything. And I just don't think that's realistic.
2: It's fair, thank you. The question is, yeah, the question is, you think about Marquise folks. So again, we take it back about five to seven years when the 76ers went through this this tank, they were about to process, they identified talent. Their scouting department identified what they thought was talent. One of those is Marquise folks. We saw what happened to him. And he's not. The Sixers. I mean, Philadelphia really considered a big market like we're talking about L.A. and in New York. So, as far as but we do know, Philly fan does not play around when it comes down to the sports. But that national recognition that you would get for playing for the, the Lakers or the New York Knicks or Boston Celtics, they weren't getting that type of cross national. So Marquise Folks couldn't perform. But again, that's part of that whole tanking for the process. Ben Simmons. What did they see in him then? And this is the challenge when you're getting these college players after one year one and done you're drafting based off a of strictly potential very limited performance the performance that they have that tape is from high school and then one year of college ball maybe two years and now they come into the league did it go to the g league no you put you put your money your franchise on his back to say we'll bring him in what is the point guard supposed to do what do you expect from your point guard because if you there's an expectation you had five or seven years ago and he's not doing that expectation now what were you drafting for? Or are you expecting him to do something different? So I'm interested right. in that part about it. Uh, but, yes, definitely, I think his time is done uh, because there's no recovery. Even if you watch what he did, you're talking about game five, six, and seven. They're talking about he only scored a combined, what, eight points in three games as a point guard? So, again, you, it's, a, it's a head thing. Now you probably need to leave out of that market just to feel, get your confidence back. His coach – ran him under the bus and then backed up and did it again i mean that's how bad it has got where to your point sis you know it's one thing you're on top of your game and everyone is you know, touting your praise and now you you bolo or you you screw up in the middle of the, the series that sends you to the, the finals of your conference and now everyone is turned on you with no sense of confidence so there's another mental aspect there but I, I think his time is done. It's best it's in his best interest to leave. The challenge is, if you have been on the greatest stage, in the biggest stage, what team takes the chance on you? And if they take the chance on you, they're taking the chance for you just so they can actually think they could win with you, or you're one of those, let me load off some assets, bring you on my roster, but now you're going to become a journeyman. Um, he came in with a lot of potential. They watched his body at work. He couldn't get over to the next hump maybe he's not the leader we need now does become a role player but again what basketball player can't shoot So he's always said that he can't shoot so why have you placed so much stock in him if he can't shoot what does he do well and if you're a true coach to take the best out of him to make that happen but you become a liability when they can't even count on you in the last couple minutes of a game that's just sad so i i'd be interested but i think he's i think they will do all they can to trade him on.
0: My opinion on Ben Simmons and uh, Dr. Hoover, I'll let you take the wheel. I, I apologize. I'm not trying to run it off the rails. But in my opinion, uh, it's a leadership issue when Dr. River says what he says and does what he does in public about his personnel. So uh, you just don't do that. One, he, he's owed 140 over the next four years. So his contract makes it very difficult for it to give him up. And then to your point, you win. He's an all-star. You have won with them, got the best winning record this year. You expected to win with them, and so just because you lost this game, this series, automatically he's no longer valuable. No, what are you doing behind the scenes? What are you doing as a coach? How are you bringing his talents up or uh, covering his weaknesses or, or making him flourish? So, what are you doing in the gym? Is what I'm saying. What are you doing between the ears? Because right now and publicly, it's a it's it's a bad look, Doc. It's a really a bad look. And, and the general manager, Daryl Morey, it's about bad sound bite. Matter of fact, I don't even need to know. Just because there's an internet or a platform, because there's a microphone in front of you, everybody's talking about it. You don't have to tell everybody your business. Handle it internally. That's my only take on Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah. I definitely think that it's more reflective of the systems that they have in place. If anything, it's a bigger indictment on Doc, right? Because. He, as a coach, he's the one that's been in the situation multiple times and hasn't been able to get over the hump, regardless of the talent that's there. So I would say get him out before throwing out Simmons, which, of course, isn't likely to happen. But it does make me wonder. You know, you've got these situations. We said, OK, well, maybe this will be a better one in in, in Philly. You know, young team. They're on the verge and maybe doc is the one to be able to, to, to push them over. But to your point, that's not a good leader. That's uh denigrating their star player, right? Like that's not, that's not effective leadership. So to me, okay. I understand your point, Victor, about, you know, it might be a better situation for, for Simmons, for him to go elsewhere, but if he does and he does better then that speaks um very loudly about the situation that that's going on there in in uh, in philadelphia like i don't think that this is this is the end for him but he is no longer in these playoffs and the sixers are no longer on the radar for this nba season we are two games into the western conference finals with the Phoenix Suns being up um after two close games. And um, what are your thoughts there? What are we looking at um in in um between these two teams? Well the Clippers, I did not want to
0: beat the Jazz in the first in that round, but they beat the Jazz. And so the Clippers are here playing against my sons. Our sons, oh, no, no, I'm not giving up on the Lakers. They just, I don't see any flaws in the Suns at all. They got a big man. They got a point guard. They got a shooting guard and play defense. And they're the Swiss Army knife. They can just plug and play. Cameron Payne, who would have thought it, you know? So Suns and the Clippers. I actually need to say this to the Clipper nation is that I apologize because I let my hate, um, cloud my judgment and fandom as a basketball fan you guys have all the tools you have all the talent uh i just am not a fan so i want to say i apologize because what you've done and what you're doing i admire it kawhi leonard is hurt uh he may not come back paul george you're playing very well reggie jackson all-star level in the playoffs right now where was this all season and then the coach, Tyron Lue, uh, I want to say, sir, you're doing a fantastic job. You're amazing at the pieces that you're doing. And this is your first year as head coach. I know you were there last year as an assistant coach. So you know the players, but really the the, 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 the team hasn't changed very much, but you've changed the philosophy. you changed their maybe desire or their team um, first attitude because they're winning. And then we talked about you guys, you know, kind of tanking, if you will, for the fifth seed or for your seed. But it worked. So who am I to talk about what you did to get as far as you have? Because nobody else. Again, we have 28 or 20 plus teams that would love to be where you're at. So you're here. You have been successful at it. But now you're playing against the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns last night's game, game two, I'm talking about. You play your heart out. You didn't have Kawhi, they didn't have uh, their point guard, point God and Chris Paul, but you should have won the game. You should have stole a game on the road last night, had it, except for those two free throws. And then on uh, uh, after that, you let an inbounds play, the best play that I've seen in a long time for a conference final, maybe in any game, in recent memory, happen and you got beat by an inbound Alou dunked by Aiton. So, you should have won last night. You're capable of winning. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. But the Suns, Vic, uh, Jania, I don't see a flaw on them except maybe uh, they get too their, their, their chest gets too puffed out or they get overconfident. Uh, but I like the challenge that they have, and the the Clippers will hit them in the mouth or
2: bust their nose. Literally, I would definitely say the only weakness the Suns have is themselves and inexperience other than that They look great Uh, last night was probably the biggest chance for the Los Angeles Clippers to to make a statement take advantage of the mistakes take advantage of that close score because I will tell you this Unlike the Mavericks, unlike the Jazz, the Suns are not going to sit up here the way they perform. Based off their body work in the, this is their third series uh, of this playoffs, they're not going to squander away at 0-2, their 2-0 lead. They're not going to squander away. I, I feel that they're very disciplined. This is where we start talking about coaches. We just talked about Doc Rivers. We talked about uh, what Doc was not able to do when he had a lead. But now we're looking at a very – very well coached team that has the confidence in their coach. They have the confidence in one another They believe in one another and when you can still rally around the fact that you lost the point god one of your best Players and still perform That's great. That shows that's a team. We're not dependent upon one person a la lakers. That's a lakers are a great team However, so much is based upon the health of ad Now you got the, you know even when LeBron is there on the court, you still needed AD to be there to be such a, a pivotal part of that team. Here it is. You do not have Chris Paul. You've not really had Chris Paul since the, the first series when the Lakers and them had that battle. But Chris had the moxie to get back out there and play, and he inspired his team. But who else steps up? The Devin Bookers. I mean, these cats are coming out of nowhere. So when I watch what they're able to do, I definitely are, of course, I'm picking the Suns to win the series. In fact, I'm picking the Suns to actually win the finals. But I do applaud the Clippers, never say die attitude. Because if there is a team that can't come down from O2, obviously the Clippers are that team because they've already shown that. But I think this 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 is a little bit, this is a little harder task. Uh, without a Kawhi Leonard, mm, it's gonna be difficult. I do applaud uh, Paul George. We, we were teasing him last week, you know, uh, is, is he playoff peak. And right now he is trying to put the team on his back and he's showing us something, but I think it's going to be a little bit too much for them to overcome. Uh, kudos to Ty Lu again, taking Doc Rivers team and bringing something that Doc could not do in the three or four seasons. He had them uh, with a healthy roster. A lot of times Doc had, so kudos to them. Part of me did want the Clippers to win. Part of me want the Clippers to take it all away to the end. Why? Because as an L.A. fan, as a California guy, for first part, I want them to win because I think that'd be the extra motivation the Lakers needed to bust them in the head, talking about, yeah, we, we're trying to come for your city. Now, you're not going to catch up with 17 championships, but maybe that's that extra left level motivation the Lakers would need to say, you know what, it's in our town anymore, and they got the parade we didn't get. And the other side is, why not keep that, type, that, that championship – out of the west coast between the between Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, I won't be greedy. Let's get the title in California. So that's just something that's just only some vicism. But I love to see CP3 get that title. Um, it'd be great to watch the series manifest itself, but I, I don't see I I could see the Clippers maybe winning one game when they go back to LA, but I don't think they're going to uh come close to taking this series.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't ever need the Clippers to win anything, and um, I respect them as a team. I think that um, you know people like Terrence Mann showing up. I had to Google him to to, to see who he was. They are very well put together. I like Ty as a coach, but just in my heart of hearts, I just can't. I just can't go there with with them. So. I too have have the Suns uh, winning winning the series, but um, you brought up a good point. You talked about that inbound play that they had to um, that you know amazing shot that Aiton was able to throw down, and the reason they were in that position was because of a review where they essentially got another timeout. So, what did you guys think in in watching that game? I don't know. How long it was in actual time, but I feel like those last two minutes lasted like 30 minutes, just with all of the reviews <laughs> and um, all of all of the calls. So, what are your takeaways? Like where are we? Because I'm all into it. I'm loving the game, but having to watch a play and then sit there for eight minutes while the side judges in New York, they figure it out like, how do we get a better a better balance with that? Um, what do you think? In the end, as a fan, <clears throat> I want them to get it
0: right, but I wish the system were just a little bit better, more quicker, more expedient. I, I don't know an answer and how to make it better, but each replay review w- was correct to include the end of Patrick Beverly knocking it off of Booker most people would have said, you know, and if it went under the two minute rule, it wouldn't have been reviewed anyways. It'd have been automatic unless he challenged it. And so Patrick Beverley swipes it, automatically you think Patrick Beverley knocked it out, but it was still in touch with the hand of of, of Booker. So uh, I like them getting it right. I don't like everything being challenged or everything being reviewed. I do believe in human error also. So uh, I, I don't have a sense. I just want the game called correctly. Uh, Officials are going to make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Mark Jackson says that all the time. So I don't have, uh, again, uh, much of an opinion. I just want them to get it right. Vic, what's
2: on your mind, sir, about the review process? I want them to get it right. I want them to get it right quick because, again, it messes up the momentum of the game. Messes up my momentum of, as a fan, you're already on edge, you watching yeah. something in the last 30 seconds, and it's going back and forth, and then it just stops. And you're like, okay, what's going on here? What, what are we doing? You see it. What are they looking at in New York? And these are trained eyes in New York looking at this review. You're seeing it on your own TV. How long does it take? How many people and how long does it take to make a decision? The referee on the site made a decision in less than three seconds. Now you're going to get a chance to look at this same decision in very slow motion. It shouldn't take 30 minutes to do that. A referee on the scene made it in less than a, a second. So when you look at it, make the best decision you can in the time allotted. I'd rather them put a little another shot clock in a lower right hand corner as the referee is done to review this. And when it goes down to zero, make the best decision you can because you're messing with my time. Make that part. Now that's another side of enjoyment. I enjoy that. All right, what's he gonna do? We can put money. How quick? Can a referee make decisions? Got 24-second shot clock. Make a decision. I may be a little more interested in that. If you're going to waste my time for 30 minutes, at least make it <laughs> worth my time. So I think that's the. I don't need to watch basketball like I'm watching the NFL football game. And I definitely don't need my basketball to be as long as a baseball game. So we got to find a way to have it right but make it right quickly because to your point, Jania, here it is, I'm out of timeouts. But this controversial call gives my team another chance to think of how we are going to, uh, you know, develop the next yeah. play. And so we just got to do it the right way without giving a, a impacting competitive advantage. And that's what happened. It, it definitely impacted competitive advantage because someone gained the timeout out of that.
0: And, and Jania, uh, lastly, is you are absolutely right because if they don't go to review, they don't draw up that play. To ultimately win the game, and so many things had to go right for that play to be successful. But what if they didn't have that opportunity, that that, that space, that place, that that time? Does it turn out the way? It does do the Clippers go uh, back to LA one-one? So uh, maybe even in a review, they can't go back to the bench, as I heard on uh, on the cover today. So it shouldn't and couldn't be used as a timeout, and that's effectively what it is right now. It's a, a uncharted timeout.
1: Absolutely. So um, (laughs) it's crazy that 30 minutes has passed so quickly and we just stayed on basketball because there was so much to talk about and we still could uh, could have even more to talk about. It's always amazing. I love getting this opportunity to sit down and just chop it up Thank you so much for those that uh, are, are rocking with us and we'll take it to the house next week. Victor, what do you have for us?
2: Congratulations to the Boston Celtics. Uh, they've hired a new head coach, uh, a, a black head coach, so another black head coach into the league again. Uh, the NBA continues to make strides when it comes down to appreciate diversity, to giving opportunities to, to uh, uh, underrepresented uh, population. We talked about Possibly the first female uh, head coach being hired and we'll see how this works in the offseason There's a lot of coaching opportunities and opening and vacancies. So kudos to the Boston Celtics as one of the storied franchise That's the other thing. I mean, this is not just a black head coach being able to coach in the NBA coaching a storied franchise So that means there's gonna be a lot of expectations placed upon him so kudos to Brad Stevens as his first act as a GM for the Boston Celtics reaching down and finding, and it's not just a black head coach, a very qualified head coach who's part of the uh, Spurs championship run, spent some significant time underneath Greg Popovich, spent some time underneath the New Jersey net, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So definitely a great hire. Excited to see what he can do. uh, See what they can do to uh, restore the Boston Celtics uh, to one of those uh, championship caliber teams. That's what I have. What do you have on? I am being thoroughly entertained by these baseball antics
0: these last couple of games. <laughs> they're doing interviews of these interviews or inspections of these pitchers as they're coming off the mounds in between innings for sticky stuff, illegal substances so they can grip the ball. It is funny. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just watch your any sports, any sports center, any sports review, how they're now challenging these pitchers because they are hiding it in their belt. They're hiding it under their cap, under their shirt. And so they have to go in front and stand in front of an umpire and pretty much undress. And so some of these pictures are taking it to the extreme. They're unbuckling. They're really going to pull their pants down in front of the world to see. So take a look at it. My point is, baseball, you need to get it together because we're talking about instant replays and reviews that are taking longer. You're also impacting the games and the fandoms, fans, uh, uh, viewing experience by this these antics. So clean it up. That's all I have. I want to say, say thank you all for joining us for another edition of Taking It to the House. Hit us up on Facebook. Tweet to us. Let us know what you're thinking. And we'll see you next week. Love you all. Peace.